Bible reading comes from Acts 4. It's the whole chapter, but I'm just reading to verse 31. And I'll be reading from the NIV. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the men who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men um, to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. But the man who was miraculously healed was over, for the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported to the chief priests and elders all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nation, nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform mirac miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Um, uh, when we started, so I'd like everyone to get up and just sort of greet everyone. 
and uh, just welcome everyone. Stand up, and and if you feel like moving forward to the front, there's free free spots. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you brought us here. Lord, we thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for the ability to speak your word openly and, uh, and study it and, and just come to a place where, as a community of believers, we can discuss your word and we can go through it and learn what you're trying to say to us, learn what you're trying to teach us tonight. Um, Lord, I just pray that as, as we go through it, um, that we'll all be able to hear it clearly and then I'll be able to speak clearly. Amen. Now, at the moment, we're going through uh, a three-week mini-series on the book of Acts. Uh, we started last week with Tom, and um, so we find ourselves in the, in the middle of the series, and um, as we heard Katie read, um, it's from chapter 4 of Acts. Now, we heard from Tom last week about the Holy Spirit arriving at Pentecost with power, and he also showed us how the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus and how he's here to convict the world of our sin. Now, when I read the book of Acts, um, I don't know if you have the same experience, but it really excites me to see what the Holy Spirit is doing in Acts. Um, it's just, you, you see the expansion of the church and you see the early church and how it, how it goes. You, you see the amount of believers being saved. And tonight we're going to have a look through those and we're also going to have a look at some requirements that Luke shows for growth here in the early Christian church. Now it says in, in Acts 2 verse 41 that those who accepted the message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's very exciting. Then again in verse 47, which we heard from last week, then the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And then again, as we just read, but many heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. This is very exciting. A lot of people being saved from their sin. There were 5,000 men, and the amount of women and children would have been thousands more. So there's heaps of people going to heaven. Now, as we, as we read the book of Acts, um, it's easy enough to say that, right, well, this is the early church. Um, this is why there's, there's so much growth, or there's so much growth because it's the early church, or their culture back then was made it easier for them to evangelize to. And that's, that's why there's so much growth there. Now, I, I don't want us to take that view that it's the culture or it's because it's the early church because I feel like you're restricting from listening to the Holy Spirit if you do that. As you read Acts, the Holy, Holy Spirit could be speaking to you and could be directing you to do these things. And if, if you take the point that it's only happened back then, you won't be able to hear what he's applying to you, what he's teaching you right now. Now, we can also look at the culture, and you could probably make the excuse that it's because of the culture back then, it was easier to speak the word of Jesus, or like, the culture's different now, but there's similarities between the culture then and the culture now. Now, back then, it was, Jerusalem was part of the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire was quite a prosperous. They were quite prosperous, they were quite wealthy, they lived in quite lavish lifestyles. They were surrounded by multiple religions, multiple spirituality ideas. They had many different gods and goddesses, but they were still somewhat acceptable to other gods and other religions. The Romans, as long as they didn't interfere with legal stuff, there was widespread sexual sin and debauchery in their communities. 
Sex before marriage was very frequent, and adultery within marriage was common. Now that time back then, does it not sound a bit like our time now? From what we read here in Acts, it shouldn't be foreign what God's people are doing. We read about people here, like you and me, hearing about the great news that Jesus sacrificed his life for us. And I'd like, you to, I'd like to give you a bit of background of what happened in chapter 4 uh, before we get too far into it. Now, we found in chapter 4 that, that Peter and John are speaking um, to the people and sharing the news about Jesus. And this happens because of a, um, a lame beggar which was healed in chapter 3. Um, Peter and John were walking to the temple and, um, and as, they were, as they were going to the temple, they found this man and they decided to heal him. God directed them to heal them. And through that healing, they've got this opportunity to share the name of Jesus, to share what Jesus had done and how Jesus can change your lives and save you from your sin. Now, it brings me to my first point tonight, and that growth requires Jesus at the center. It is very easy to miss God's plan or what God's telling you day to day if you're only thinking about yourself, if you're only keeping a narrow-minded thinking. Now, it's also very easy to read a piece of Scripture and to take it out of context. So we're going to take a, a step back um, from chapter 4 from the book of Acts and, um, and have a look at the Bible in a whole for a second. Now, if we have a look at the Bible in the whole and we go to the start, we go to Genesis... You have the first two chapters of Genesis is the creation of the world, and the world is perfect. And then we get to chapter 3, where we as humans sin. Our relationship with God is broken. It's been severed, and now we need a savior to reconnect us with God. So from the start, we, we need a savior. And then as we read throughout the experiences of the people in the Old Testament, God's people, we see that there's something they're all talking about. As they, they teach us lessons, but there's always something that they're talking about. They're talking about some sort of Messiah that is to come, some sort of Savior that is to come. We hear it through many people such as, as Isaiah, Moses, Samuel, Zechariah, and many more who are prophesying the coming of Jesus Christ. It is also shown through some of the festivals, and many of those festivals which started from the exodus of God's people from Egypt. It started, and they also showed that there was some sort of Messiah coming. They all point towards Jesus hundreds and thousands of years before he came. These men... Ordinary men they were at the start, used by God, speaking about a Messiah that was to come. Then we reach the New Testament. When Jesus has arrived, he lives, he dies, and he's risen back to life. And now we're at a time when we're looking back at Jesus and not looking towards Jesus who's coming. So we have the Bible as a whole we have the Old Testament pointing towards Jesus. And then we have the New Testament pointing back towards Jesus. And then we find in the center is Jesus. 
The center of the Bible is Jesus. Everyone's talking about this man, Jesus, whether he's to come or he has come. Now, if Jesus is the center of the Bible, and us, as we believe that the Bible is truth, and as we follow the Bible as Christians, should not Jesus be the center of our lives? Now, when Peter, in chapter 4, is standing in front of the rulers and elders of the Jewish people, he speaks of Jesus at the center. He said, Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become your cornerstone. This verse that Peter is, is quoting is from Psalm 118, verse 22, where the psalmist in the Old Testament is proclaiming about Jesus. He talks about the stone that is representing Jesus, and then the builders are the rulers and the elders that Peter is talking to in chapter 4. Now, can I, imagine, I can imagine as Peter is standing there, speaking to them about Jesus, about the passion that Peter had. It says in verse 8 that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and to speak to these rulers and elders, he would have to be. This means that it's no longer by the power of Peter that he's speaking. I want to remind you that, that this Peter is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times when Jesus was flogged before he was crucified. This was the same Peter that not too long before couldn't even stand up to Jesus in front of ordinary people. That Peter could never do this what happened in chapter 4. He could never stand up to the rulers and the elders. But here we have him standing up to it. He stands and says that this man, Jesus, that you rejected is now the cornerstone of the house of God, the cornerstone of God's people. And you crucified him. You killed him. He's standing up and saying that you killed him. Jesus, that is the center he is the cornerstone. Without Jesus, the house of God falls down. Jesus is the center. Now, as the Holy Spirit continues to speak through Peter, he goes on to say in verse 12 that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. From what is written down by Luke, Peter never says to the elders and the rulers, repent from your sins and believe in Jesus. But instead, he does, through the power of the Holy Spirit, speak the truth of Jesus and relies on the Holy Spirit to work on their hearts, to be open to the truth. In chapter 2 beforehand, he asked the people to repent. There's such a contrast between here, from the people he's speaking to in chapter 2, to the people he's speaking to in chapter 4. Now, as with Jesus at the center of our lives, it's not, it's not our mission to change the hearts of the people to repent. But it is our mission, like Peter does, to speak the truth of Jesus and let the Holy Spirit work on towards repentance. We need Jesus at the center we need to speak the truth that there is no other name, no other way that you can be saved from your sins, 
but through Jesus. He is the only way to heaven. Let us rely on Jesus for our salvation. Put your trust in Jesus to be saved. It says in John 3 verse 36 that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Jesus is the only way to be saved from the punishment that awaits. If you believe in him, you will escape the punishment because Jesus has already paid the price. And you will receive this gift of eternal life. Now, I want to ask you tonight, do you believe in Jesus? Is Jesus the center of your life? Maybe you're not sure if Jesus is the center, but you would like him too. I want to just ask you a few questions just to make sure that Jesus is the center of your life. Now, if you go, as you go on to your day-to-day things, when you make decisions on what you're doing, is Jesus involved in those decisions? Do you think of Jesus in those decisions? Or do you think of just worldly things? Do you think of what's going to benefit me? Or what's going to benefit my children, maybe? Or what's going to benefit my family? This brings me to my second growth lesson from Acts 4, and that is growth requires willing and reliant Christians. After Peter has finished speaking, it says in verse 13 that the rulers and the elders saw the courage of Peter and John, and they noticed that they were unskilled, ordinary men, like most of us here tonight. Now, Peter is found here speaking to the rulers and the elders of the Jewish people. Now, these guys that Peter is speaking to were the best of the best. They would have studied for years and spent their time learning, teaching, and talking about God and enforcing the rules laid down by God through Moses. These guys, Peter and John, had no formal biblical training. They spent a few years with Jesus, but not long, as, we, as I said before, not long before Acts 4, they couldn't even stand up for Jesus. And it says, it says back then that Peter, well, Peter couldn't even stand up and say that I follow Jesus to a servant girl. This is not someone of rank. It's probably the lowest rank person in that society back, back then. See, men, men were higher rank than women. Adults were a higher rank than children. And then servants were even lower than that. And that's how their society was. And, and here is Peter, who can't even... St- say that I follow Jesus to this servant girl. And then not too long later, he is standing in front of the elders and rulers speaking about Jesus. Can you see the difference between Peter and John Them from when, um, when Jesus was back then? Can you see the difference? What's, what's different to, to what happened to them? It's not years and years of experience. It says in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Through that power and the understanding of what Jesus has been teaching them, we see that Peter speaks with courage about the name of Jesus. They were no longer afraid to be associated with the name of Jesus because of the reliance of the power of the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, is that what you experience Do you experience the power of the Holy Spirit? Should you experience the power of the Holy Spirit? 
We should have the Holy Spirit in our lives. So therefore, I believe we should be experiencing his power, his direction. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to be in you? And do you rely on him for day-to-day things? Do you rely on him for your finances? Do you rely on him to provide health and well-being? Do you provide on him for the strength to get up every day? Growth for the gospel cannot happen without God's people relying on the Holy Spirit. The name of Jesus can only change hearts with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the name of Jesus cannot be spread throughout the world without prayer from God's people. We see that throughout the Bible when God's people are spreading and growing in faith, the people are praying and through prayer relying on the power of God to intervene. We see it again in Acts 4, starting at verse 23. It says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David, our servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together and the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is what they prayed. In this passage, we see that God's people relying on the communication system of prayer to ask God to get involved in their life. Now, now these rulers had just been speaking to them beforehand. These rulers who heard from Peter and John about Jesus and who Jesus is, and they rejected Jesus, they, they also took it to a whole new level to threaten them not to speak or teach the name of Jesus. Here is what they said, but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them not to speak warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. They commanded Peter and John not to speak the name of Jesus. Now at this point, after being commanded not to speak the name of Jesus, Peter and John had a choice. And here's the two choices that they had. We have option one, which is over here, they could have stopped speaking the name of Jesus. They've just been threatened to not speak the name of Jesus. And these threats were real. But they could have stopped speaking the name of Jesus. They could have just gone back to their own lives. They could have gone back to what they were doing before Jesus and no longer gone through the trouble of being persecuted. And that was their choice one. That was option one. Or they had option two, where they could speak the name of Jesus. They will endure persecution, 
but they can speak the name of Jesus. They'll be threatened many times before, but they will continue to speak the name of Jesus because that's what they have seen, that's what they have heard, and that's what they will do. I'm so glad that they chose option two. I'm so glad that they are continued, that they continue to speak the name of Jesus. Now this decision that Peter and John had was, was decided on the point right then. It, was, it seems like when you read, read what Luke wrote, that it was almost easy for them to say that. They just knew that they needed to speak the name of Jesus. This is what they said, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They couldn't stop. Now, as we read through the rest of the New Testament, this is what they did. They relied on Jesus, and that is shown out through the prayer that was read before. After the threat, they went straight to God in prayer. And throughout their their lives, through the rest of the New Testament, as we read, it is also shown through their willingness to go and speak the name of Jesus. As a believer, do you go and speak the name of Jesus? Or are you going nowhere? Are you going nowhere in your life? Do you feel like God isn't doing anything in your life? Are you not growing in your faith? Let me tell you that growth requires willing and reliant Christians. You need to ask yourself, do you really rely on Jesus? And do you follow when he directs you to go? In which, as we read through the Bible, he already does. Are you willing... To go, Are you willing to go outside your day-to-day things and speak the name of Jesus? Are you willing to set aside time to share about Jesus? I want you to know if you are. This is something you need to hold on dearly, speaking the name of Jesus. That's why I'd like to everyone to get out their phones now. And it's good to remind ourselves to speak the name of Jesus. So if you've got your phone... Get out your phone on your iPad or something like that. I want us to put a reminder to speak the name of Jesus. Whether you do it every day this week, every day this month, every day for the rest of your life, to speak the name of Jesus. If you don't have your phone, you can do it at home. But just to remind us, you know, we might be persecuted at at one day, but if we get a reminder that says, speak the name of Jesus, because he is greater than anything else. That will help us rely on him and be willing to go. Now, the spreading of the gospel of Jesus and Christians have been growing and increasing in number for so many years. But just like a plant, there are, without four essential components, we will stop growing. People will stop hearing about Jesus. Now, to grow a plant... You need soil, water, sunlight, and oxygen. If you deprive it of one of those things, it won't grow. And with growth of the gospel, you need God the Father. You need Jesus Christ. You need willing workers for Jesus. 
And there's one more thing, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, growth requires the Holy Spirit. And as we study the book of Acts, you see the great works that the Holy Spirit is undertaking. And the Holy Spirit is the opposite of timid. Now, we know this as we read what Peter does. We read that he stands in front of the rulers and the elders and boldly speaks the truth about Jesus. And all this is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. As we look forward into Acts, we see that Stephen, through the power of the Holy Spirit, does the same thing and gets stoned to death. Standing in front of these rulers and elders was not like standing and speaking in front of the elders and pastors of our church. Compared to this, that is easy. It's not even like standing in front of the rulers of Australia and speaking the name of Jesus. Compared to what they're doing here, that is easy. They're not going to kill you for it. It is more like standing in front of the rulers of a country and the brink of war against Christians. These people, they're on the brink of war. Now, if you were in, a, in that position, in the same position that Peter was, could you have done that? Could you have spoken so boldly about Jesus? Can you even proclaim Jesus in day-to-day things? Can you proclaim Jesus to your friends? Because that's a great way to start. Start speaking to your friends, and then God will use you more and more. But to do that, you might be lacking some sort of boldness to go and do it. Something to push you over the line. You might feel afraid to do it. Now, I want to tell you, that this boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, can I tell you something? That it was only a few years ago that I stood up here and I was baptized. And for people that know me, I'm not the best speaker. Um, I got up here, I had my one, one bit of paper with my testimony on, shaking nervously. And I was determined to look up. But I just, I just got up there, I started, started reading out my testimony, and I got halfway through the, the first, first sort of paragraph, and I decided to look up. And when I look up, I finish my sentence, and then look back down and completely lost where I was. I'm sure you might have experienced the same thing. You completely lost where you was, and then it's quiet in the church, and you come back and you go... Where was I? And you take a couple of seconds until you actually find where you were and continue. And I didn't look up the rest of my testimony. And that was only a few years ago that I was able to do that. And now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm not much better of a speaker. But I can speak the name of Jesus boldly because of my reliance on Him. The reliance, the power, and the boldness of the Holy Spirit can do have you experienced that power in things that you've done have you spoken the name of Jesus boldly in front of people have you experienced what he does now the believers in Acts did it wasn't just Peter who spoke boldly now we look at the prayer that they asked before they said now Lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness 
They were asking for this boldness to speak with. And it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Isn't that a great answer to prayer? Every time you have to go out and speak about Jesus, we should be praying, relying on the Holy Spirit, and God will answer. This is another time in Acts that when we see God's people praying and focusing on God, and they were asking Jesus to use them for the mission. And we see here that they are filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Can you see the mission of Jesus being fulfilled? They're being commissioned, and now they're asking God to speak the name of Jesus. Can you see the formula for growth here in Acts? The simple formula that we can apply to what we do. You see, the focus is salvation in the name of Jesus. Salvation through Jesus Christ. The believers are willing to go, so they pray, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit and speak the word of God boldly. And then people believe. The Holy Spirit changes hearts. And then it continues. Those believers focus on salvation. They pray, they are filled, and they speak the word of God boldly. And it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on until it's reached you guys, until it reached us. This has been happening for over 2,000 years, speaking the name of Jesus. It didn't just stop in Acts, it continues to go. The formula's here. It tells us how to do it. You want to say, are you going to share Jesus? Is this proclaiming the name of Jesus going to stop with you? Or is it going to go to the ends of the earth? Are you going to take it there? Because the instructions on how to do it are in the Bible. It's here. It teaches us how to take the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. We should be reading it. We should be learning it. And then we should be willing to follow what it says. Now, only God knows everything that will happen if you're willing to live and breathe the Bible. But I can tell you one thing, and that it is going to bring you closer to Jesus Christ, and it will help you stay on his mission, that, stay on the mission that Jesus Christ has given us, and that's to set out and take the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. He says in Matthew 28, "'Go and make disciples of all nations.'" And baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. This is the reason why you as a believer are here. This is the reason why you didn't go straight to heaven the moment you believed. This is the, re reason, this is the reason why you are here. You need to speak the name of Jesus. If you aren't speaking and sharing about the name of Jesus... Are you disobeying what he says? Maybe you might feel inadequate to do the mission. A lot of people do, but we shouldn't be. If you feel like you don't have enough, 
if you don't know enough or you haven't been in church long enough to do the mission that God has provided, He has provided the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has a proven track record of sharing the name of Jesus. We're talking 6,000 plus years on the earth and an infinite amount of time outside the earth. This is what the Holy Spirit has. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you are the most experienced person to do the job, to share the name of Jesus. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're the most capable person to share about Jesus. And if you rely on him, you'll get this great boldness to speak. Now, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called through the Holy Spirit. Now, there's so much that we can learn from God's people in the book of Acts. So I want to recap on what I've, what I've gone through. Now, growth requires Jesus at the center. Jesus is the center of the Bible so that Jesus should be the center of our lives as well. Jesus, as described by the psalmist, is the cornerstone that was rejected by the elders and the rulers. We are taught in Acts 4 that salvation is found in no one else but Jesus and that we should be making Jesus the center of our day-to-day living. Now, growth requires willing and reliant Christians. We see that in order to share the name of Jesus, you don't require an extensive knowledge about Jesus to share his name, but you need to be reliant to the call to share the gospel of Jesus, reliant on prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit to change lives and be willing to go. Growth also requires the Holy Spirit. We can receive this boldness to speak the name from the Holy Spirit, to speak his name. And the Holy Spirit also helps us to stay on the mission and take the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth, just like somebody did for you. Let's continue taking his name to the end of the earth. Now let me pray. Dear God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your Bible. Lord, we thank you for the ability to read your Bible and read it freely without persecution. Lord, we also thank you that we have this opportunity to share the name of Jesus, this great opportunity to see people saved from their sins and then go to heaven. Lord, I just ask that you give us the Holy Spirit and to fill us with the Holy Spirit to continue to speak the name of Jesus and to speak it boldly to everyone we meet. Amen.